This week on the podcast, I'll take you on any day, sucker. From the K-12 champ. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian and we're back. My friends Chris and Eric are going to join me and uh, this week we're going to talk about what was once my favorite movie in the world, Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead, the classic from 1985 with John Cusack, Diane Franklin, Amanda Weiss, uh, David Ogden Stiers, uh, Charles DeMar, whatever that guy, uh, Curtis something, I, yeah, whatever, we'll get there, it's awesome. You'll, we loved it. You loved it. We're going to talk about it. We've also got uh, some some pretty high-profile uh, new stuff. We're talking about uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home and the Batman this week. Uh, we've been unavoidably detained. We took a vacation, and then we had some technical issues with the podcast and my computer, and so we've kind of been dead for a couple weeks, but we are back, and... Um, we're still kicking it, so if you want to reach out to us, as always, uh, first of all, please subscribe to the podcast, please share on your social media feeds, um, and uh, there's links to all these contact uh, ways to contact us on maghuge.com, that's M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, and those ways to contact us are Twitter, we are at maghuge, Facebook, we're the Magnificently Huge Podcast, same thing goes for Instagram, and as always, you can email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. Okay, folks. Uh, we're 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 gonna go uh, do the show, and I'm 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 sorry your mom blew up. God damn, podcasting is easy. Holy <laughs> shit! Like falling out of bed, it's so easy. Jesus. Good lord. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, feed burner's terrible. Everything I, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry if this is the first show you're seeing in a couple of weeks. But uh, feed burner, which is what we signed up with years ago, as ages you know, ago for for some goddamn reason, they they're a pass through that that does analytics stuff, and they just up and said, "You got too many shows now, Junior. Uh, we're gonna stop oh, working. Yeah. You're too big for your britches." That's what they said. So <laughs> we're probably- I had this brilliant plan too. Eric and I went on holiday a couple weeks back. And so I had a rerun all set to go, and and I had things on time delay, and they were going to go off, and there was going to be all kinds of content, keep bridging the gap, and there was, it just didn't show up on your podcast feed because feed burner. Well, yeah. also, <laughs> also your uh, computer decided to die, so we thought that might have been an issue. That was also a problem last la, week. La, la. Yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> so, so I feel like we haven't talked in in like five weeks now. Yeah, it's been been a while. Yeah, Bas- basically the world wants this podcast dead, but we're not listening. <laughs> I I take no. it differently. I think it's the universe's way of saying, you know what? It's time to it's time to launch magnificently huge podcast two point oh. Yeah. So we're it's, gonna we're to, gonna get we're gonna just, we're gonna you know update our shit. We're gonna get this stuff working. Uh, I'm 
I'm kind of hoping I can talk you guys into doing some YouTube stuff so we can make some money off of this thing for once. Uh, uh-huh. But wink, we're, wink. we're super okay. entertaining and really good looking. We should cash in. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. What Eric yeah. is saying is that the format of the show might have to change because the YouTube algorithm will certainly not like the old format with all yeah. of the music in it. But anyway. Yeah. Which yeah, we enjoy. Too. Um. Hey, we've been off, uh, you know, not recording for weeks and weeks. I bet we have a lot of fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. So you guys were on a cruise. Uh, yay or nay, was it fun? That's all you need to tell me. Yay. The 80s cruise okay. is a blast. Okay. Here, here's the deal about the 80s cruise. It doesn't matter who the bands are. What matters is that there are no kids on the boat. It's all-inclusive, so you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, without thinking about the price. And you have the wide-open drink package, so you can drink constantly. It is a week-long rager concert <laughs> festival on a boat. The one, the one issue, rules. of course, is with covid now, the food, uh, the buffet area, before you used to just like throw an ass ton of food on your plate. Now, someone puts the food onto your plate for you, and so you're, you're, you're a lot more self-conscious. So I must say, I didn't uh, pick out as much. Okay. Hmm. But the drinks but the are pizza free. in the middle of the night at the, at the Cafe Promenade remains the thing, man. That pizza is actually really good. Um. <laughs> Okay. It was a good it was a good time. Um some of the bands that played that were I think really good and lived and maybe even exceeded my expectations. ABC, Martin what? Fry came to play. The Human League, they were actually quite good. Yeah. Did they do? Um, did they play Being Boiled? Please tell me they played Being yes. Boiled. Yes. Nice. They put their their encore was Being Boiled, followed by Electric Dreams. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's uh, not even really Human League though. But I'll 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 allow it. I'll allow it. Yeah. You know who was surprising though? Drama Rama. Hmm. They right. They, I always hated that band, and I was always like, well, maybe it's the, the name that turned me off, because that is a Probably. dumb, dumb name. But yeah, they put on a great show. We get home, and Tanya and I like pop them on uh, Pandora, and I'm like, no, they suck. I mean, like they are <laughs> well, a good got, well, live like, band. They've got like two songs, right? That was their big claim to fame. But turns yeah, out but they had a few more. Their okay. actual songs, maybe their B-sides, they're really good. They're really fun. Okay. Uh, okay. But... <laughs> Yeah, there's this one song, like, Everything Dies, that I yes. just went, oh my god, I love this band. Everybody dies, everyone is so Yeah. 
And yeah, apparently that's a song that they created after they reunited. You know, they broke up after the really? '90s and they got back together in 2000. It's probably why it's probably why it's so good, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just you know, it's just happy and poppy about how everybody dies. Yeah, yeah. and it's I, right. there's a clip I've just played of, of them performing that song. Because thanks. thanks for the other that. thing I learned this year is that when the '80s cruise people tell you. Hey, don't bother with your phones recording anything because we've got you covered. No, they do not. <laughs> I made sure I, I got stuff for the podcast. Um, okay. Other surprise for me, because I really, I went in just not expecting anything good out of it, but Belinda Carlisle was all right. And I apparently, has, she has a lot more hits as a solo artist than I remember. Uh, but there they were, songs I recognized, and, and she did a fair number of Go-Go's, but definitely felt the lack of the actual Go-Go's. In fact, felt the lack of any women in her backing band at all. <laughs> well, you know, you can't always be a you know, riot girl, whatever, right? But you know. I don't think she ever really was. She, she's, really. she was the first one of all of them to grow up, so to speak. Well, the funniest thing, if you watch that Go-Go's documentary, like when she did her first solo album she brought in like half the go-go's that she was still talking to to help out with mm. those songs so it's just you know that first single was written by the new bass player right yeah yeah that's i didn't know that 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 was going to be a go-go song until everything well, fell know. apart the more hmm. you know the more you know well all right a- anyway cruising uh yeah cruise yeah, it's nice what? to be back a booze cruise and and already booked for next year. So they're sailing out of L.A. and Devo's on the boat. L.A. and uh, L.A. L.A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the um, ad. That, and that... also on the boat, two bands I would not have expected. Okay. And so this is the other thing, right? Like, you got to understand that most of these acts, as they show up, like Flock of Seagulls is a good example of this, are one original member away from being a tribute act yeah <laughs> right in fact cameo was on the boat and the cameo guy couldn't get on i don't know if he had COVID or what but the whole backing band basically had to put on a cameo show without the cameo guy oh well um <laughs> word up but that's all i can say but on on next year's cruise there's two interesting acts one is essentially a tribute act it's xtc extc no. It's like the drummer from XTC, okay, and then a bunch of people that he coupled together and and Partridge uh, signed off on it. Okay. And then the other one, which just kind of boggles my mind, is the Smithereens are on the boat. But Denisio's dead. <laughs> well, you know, what are you going to do? That's definitely yeah, a... So they've yeah. got... Yeah. They, know, they've got um, uh, Marsh- who's singing for the Marshall Crenshaw or Marshall Crenshaw is gonna gonna front the Smithereens. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. would that fucking work. I can't even picture that in my head now. So thanks. Now I'm gonna be rattling well, that around I- for a week. Uh, next March I'm gonna go to L.A. Get on a boat, get drunk, and find out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna get so fucking devolved, aren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> duty now, brother. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. I like how you always come back uh, energized. I'm just sorry that this time, yeah, that our, uh, that our podcast nonsense got all janky. <laughs> it ruined it all. <laughs> so, welcome back. So that that's the cruise. But what else, fresh shit wise? Because it's been a while. And uh, Chris, what do you got? Been a while. Uh, been a while. Been hailed I don't want to get too involved in it, uh, but I did finally watch Spider Man No Way Home. And uh, we never did Spider-Man No Way Home I, on the show. We never did because I hadn't watched it because I just didn't give a shit. I still don't. Uh, <laughs> I like. I might have liked it had I never seen Into the Spider Verse, but really that kind of ruined the whole. That's true. Thing. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, I've already been there, done that once. Uh, Doesn't it feel kind of like they said, "Hey, those those cartoon guys had a good idea. Let's take it." <laughs> yeah, basically. All I, I know mean, is it's that- the same people producing that movie too. Like they knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I was just thankful um, that uh, yeah. that they managed to bring in all of the multi-dimensional uh, characters and actors from the movies that we had already seen. Because if they'd have done something else, I'd have been totally confused. That's all I could say. <laughs> so. Here, here's the thing that, that I thought they did so well in it. It's, it wasn't about the Spider-Men. It was about the villains. Yeah. Like, except for Sandman and the Lizard, who just kind of got very little and clearly were, were basically not really involved and were, were... I mean, in fact, Sandman shots were clearly from Spider-Man 3 and, yeah. like, reversed. But, um, but Green Goblin, Doc Ock... And uh, Electro were all better in this movie than they were in the movies they were originally they, brought I, out in. I will give them that that the the Doctor Octopus uh, arc was actually very nice. That he actually got some sort of redemption, and I thought that was a good way mm-hmm. to play it. I still don't care for the Green Goblin at all. I just it's not a villain I enjoy, so I just didn't care. You know, I'm, so it was just sort it's, of. Eh. It is too bad though that they couldn't bring back the best villain of the entire, you know, uh, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which is James Franco. Yeah, because yeah. he's just Cause as he's himself. An actual villain. Yeah, because as himself, yeah, he's just a <laughs> dick. Uh, so yeah, so it was just it was too long. It was too much going on, and it just was a little too winky-winky fanservice-y for my taste, and it just feels like these giant franchises, like them and Star Wars and whoever, that's sort of what they're devolving into, and it's just Thank irritating. You. So it's Thank just- you. yes. <sighs> I, I enjoyed seeing the, the old, the, the previous Spider-Men acting together as their- You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that was interesting, but it did not carry a movie. It was no. otherwise, yeah, it was more, ain't, ain't I something, yeah. you know, like. It was just winky winky. Just so enough it was, with the inside jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, just, it was more of like a, like a behind the scenes, like, hey, look at all these people we got to come back and do their thing. And like, I don't, who cares? Who cares? Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just leave it alone. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, Spider-Man's always been sort of my, my superhero anyway. Yeah. Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie oh, by a lot. By far. Uh, by by far. a whole lot. By far. And the Raimi, the first two Raimi films are also better than this. But you know what? Hey, it was fun. It was good. I yeah. liked it. Well, it, it does. Was, it, it has plot holes the size of Jupiter in it, yeah. but whatever. It does open the door for the Doctor Strange 
Multiverse of Madness because Sam Raimi's going to be doing that. So I'm interested how that's going to play out. I, that, I never caught that connection. Nuts. That's absolutely yeah. true. He did yeah. the first Spider-Man. He's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But whatever. You know, whatever. Speaking of superhero movies that are way too fucking long, The Batman. <laughs> Not a Batman. The Batman. The Batman. <laughs> You've got to put um, the article in front of it or else nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> the Batman <laughs> is three hours long. Oh. Good Christ. That just seems and way too long. And it has about a hundred minutes of plot. <laughs> and boy, does it need to be edited down. It, does Batman wow, sparkle? Wow, this movie too long. Does Batman sparkle in this one? Okay, so Pattinson's actually really good. Okay. <laughs> um, he's not bad. I mean, I've seen him in fact, other stuff, and he's he's actually quite the actor. But yeah, yeah. I liked him in Tenet. He was, he was quite, yeah. you know... Yeah, as an actor, he's fine. It's, you know, what material he chooses. Is he actually... Is They're, Batman actually a detective this time? Because they never yes. get that right. Yeah. No, that's what this is. This is Batman as a detective, this particular movie. Good. Um, and it works. And I can totally see, you know... The casting is good. The new Catwoman works. The thing is, this is millennial Batman. Like, all of our characters are just... I'm getting old, and the, the characters didn't. And so, like, everybody's, like, 30 years old. And I'm slowly, slowly, like, less and less in touch with these characters as a result. <laughs> um, but, um... It... The cinematography, I mean, they had a clear vision. Their clear vision was everything is black and one color in every frame of this three-hour-long slog of a movie. Um, Like Seven was. Yeah, oh yeah, no, they're very much going for the Seven vibe. Yeah. And it is, you know, even darker and even grittier than the (laughs) Nolan films somehow. Every time someone brings Um, that up, it kills me. It's like, it's it's darker and grittier-er. The Batman, <laughs> but, you know, it's and like it's I get the, the campy '60s Batman. Yeah, again, it really isn't. That's got to um, be the next remake. Is somebody's got to make the jazzy, would, hip, funky dude, '70s Batman and Robin? I I would be on that in a heartbeat. I hate John Ham. Yeah. John Ham is Batman. Yeah, I hate this darker or grittier or version of Batman that they've been doing for thirty years. It's like bring back oh. the campy bullshit. That's what yeah. I want. And, so, and, and so here's the thing Michael Sarah wait is that his name Sarah the the <laughs> season too yeah. old as yeah, a really okay. Paul Dano is the Riddler this time like and Ugh. and the guy with the funny um squinty eyed face in um Eternals is the Joker um oh I hate that he yeah looks, it, he looks so weird he looks so weird yeah okay. I mean there is a whole generation of Batman fans from like the 90s or whatever that that's gonna love this like this is their Batman this oh, is the ones this that, is just that, the dark brooding serious no fun at all Batman okay <laughs> isn't uh, Colin Farrell like totally unrecognizable in this though in that the completely deal? unrecognizable okay. and he's getting a series on HBO Fuck as, off. The, as the penguin okay um that's how God they got him damn okay yeah, this this is it it is good. It just if if they had cut this down 
to like two hours or less, I think I'd be gushing. I think I'd be like, okay, they they really got a lot of things right, except it's no fun. Yeah. Um, they do understand that the the Batman as a symbol of fear isn't going to work, and that's kind of his character arc. Is like he realizes that that's counterproductive, and he has to come <laughs> up with a different thing. And that that was interesting. Okay. Um, Paul Dano's Riddler. So I mean, I hate the the costume. Just the costume is garbage, right? But um, his deal is. And it was kind of hard to watch in this day and age. His deal is he's manipulating everybody with social media <laughs> and oh. getting a mob to rise up. Like Dano's Riddler is is basically Russian propaganda slash Trump. Well, and that that um, was that was sort of the baddie from uh, Incredibles Two was that sort of vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. So this one. And maybe if I watched Incredibles again av- after January 6th of last year, I don't know. But it was a little <laughs> too real. It was a little too, uh, uh, yeah. uh you know? Um, yeah, give me Arnold Schwarzenegger with ice skating villains again. No, I don't want that either. That was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like they've, they've, kept, the dish, yeah, they've kept the tradition <laughs> of like uh, like 700 villains in one movie that's also irritating i mean it was when they did it in batman returns it was almost too much but then it was like a thing after that and it's just like just give me one one villain so that he can focus and it can be more interesting yeah. and I'm oh just tired riddler of is definitely the villain here catwoman is more of a, a good guy this time around yeah um falcone is a plot device primarily How um dare you, penguin sir? I don't know. Penguin is just being set up for the future. Okay, there's one car chase in this whole movie, and you know this is like where all the action is. And I fell asleep during the car chase. Like <laughs> just no I excitement. Can't, I can't take it. I can't. T- well, I mean, you said it was a Gen Z yeah. movie, so maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I'm. I, again, there's a lot of people are gonna love this thing. Uh, I just it, I just wanted a little more fun. I'm astonished that it's made so much money for a three hour movie that's too dark and too There's like somnambulant. Go see! It's crazy. Yeah. It's the only movie. So, I guess that works in its favor. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was going to bomb because of when they're releasing it. I mean, this is yeah. sort of the graveyard era. Well, you know, right? never never underestimate the value of a cross promotion with Little Caesars. For the uh, Batman pizza, okay? <laughs> okay, that, that's the thing. That's the thing I really don't get about this Batman. I can't imagine kids playing toys as this Batman. I can't imagine kids dressing up and pretending to be this maybe, Batman. I can't imagine... Maybe like emo the, kids, the right? Tie-ins. Maybe. maybe. I don't like, know. Like, ah, oh, man. Anyway. Okay. Um, What else we got? <laughs> yeah, what do you got, Eric, that we stomped okay, over I, earlier? I unfortunately didn't see anything like new, new. I, okay. I sort of went back into the past as I am wont to do. Uh, and do you know what's really a great film is Lawrence Olivier's 1948 Hamlet. You got to watch Dad. this. This is like, it, it's minimalism and it's done so well. It's, you know, it's, it's not just, like yeah. huge sets. It's just, yeah, it's, it's almost like. Well, it's 1948 in the UK, and they don't have a lot of money to to do shit. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of shadow, a lot of uh, smoke. It's 
It's not big sets, and it all works really, really well. Uh, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you what, though. You've got- it's, it's, he, seem, he seems too old, though. Like, nobody gets Hamlet right in the movies. That's my well, only beat. Yeah. I mean, Hamlet is, is a teenager, and you, you, there are very few teenager actors, I think, that would be able to handle Hamlet. Right. So, yeah, that's a conceit you have to give it. Even yeah. when you see it live, it's usually somebody in their 40s or 50s playing Hamlet. Which is weird. Like, it's so weird, but yeah. I yeah, but it's not doesn't take that much to get past. I mean, yeah. you know, especially when it's Laurence Olivier, who's fucking awesome, and yeah. Gene Simmons as Ophelia. She got the Academy Award for yeah. this. Now, not the, not the, bass, not the bass <laughs> I, player from Kiss. I heard a Kiss. very different yeah. Gene Simmons not as the bass, Ophelia from Not there. the bass player from Kiss, an actual actress named Gene <laughs> Simmons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you don't know that there's an actress named Gene Simmons, uh, read a book. Read a fucking book, you know? yeah. Like, like, yeah, learn some shit. Step outside your bubble. Uh, yeah. Okay, but a- think about the poster, Olivier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, fucking Ophelia with the makeup. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So uh, there was that. Anyway, well, would you, how, would you, how would you rate this compared to, say, oh, I don't know, Mel Gibson as Hamlet? I, I can't remember you. that except for laughing. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of, there are a lot of smart edits made. I mean, like nobody, nobody, people rarely perform all of Hamlet because that's, it's a long fucker play. And there's some stuff that's not actually necessary, like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yeah. or the invasion. The, the, the whole play is taking place while they're about to be invaded by a conquering army. And yeah. there's a whole part in the end where the army busts in and you know to take over and they're like holy shit the entire ruling class just killed themselves what the fuck is going on here <laughs> oh that's shakespeare um, with those twist endings right yeah it's yeah. it's fucking great but uh yeah so that's that's all out uh in that also they 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 removed the line uh follow my mother which i don't understand that's my favorite part when he's killing polonius uh, he, uh no yeah no polonius is the other guy um the one he kills through the curtain. Anyway, when he's yeah, that no, when he's killing his his uncle, okay. uh, he's and, and he's stabbing him. He says, "Follow my mother," and I was always like, "Oh yeah, that's hardcore," and that's probably why they took it out. It was too. I love killing. It's you know? it's a bit much, <laughs> so, but it's I a great you, it's a great movie. Ever since I saw and, and and it's better. It is better than the Branagh version. Branagh did the entire play and it's fuck so him because goddamn, it, it's so yeah. long. And it's, and it's set in the 19th I century. It's still shorter than the Batman. But anyway. Yeah, at least it feels like it. But I, all I can say is when I, from the first time I saw Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead by Tom Stoppard, uh, it ruined Hamlet completely for me. Because it's like anytime I watch Hamlet now, that's all I can think of. Or like, what are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern doing behind the scenes while the main yeah. scene is going on that ruined it for me? So. <laughs> Curse you, Tom Stoppard. <laughs> I remember we all saw that movie, and when it was done, you had said that you have, you've never read or seen Hamlet, and Toby and I were both like, what did you get out of that, then? <laughs> yeah. Literally everything. What? How do you, yeah. how do you not, but, yeah, but it's like, you kind of, without the back end, it's like. Yeah. I just, yeah. hey, what can I tell you? I'm a savant like that. Okay, man? I'm a savant. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good word for what for what it is. Yeah, yeah, for what uh, I am. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> other movie I other movie I saw. Um, 
Christine. Christine is a movie I can't believe they haven't remade and ruined. And Christine is one of one of those movies that just sort of sits in the back of my head like yet another Stephen King adaptation. But it's also yeah, but it's, a John Carpenter film. Yeah, and it's that's really what, well done for its time. It, considering there's no CGI available, it looks great. And it's got my favorite thing in any movie, a kid in high school who was bullied killing his bullies. I think every movie should have that. Kill well, bullies. I mean, that's definitely like a, a Stephen King trope, though. So, yeah, you know. And, yeah. It's, this, it, oh, this is such a weird movie, too, because this is Carpenter sort of slumming it with the studios. Uh, yeah. And it just, it's sort of half there. But, yeah. Really? I think my... It doesn't do it for me quite like his other stuff, you know? I'm just, I'm sorry to say. I don't know. I I think maybe for this period he has better movies, but he has so many worse movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice to see him in his prime getting the shit done, you know? Yeah. I just, uh, the Uh, thing that ruins Christine for me is when Robert Prosky comes on as the garage owner, and he's such an unapologetic fucking racist dickhead douchebag bigot whatever he just does uh-huh. it too well and it's just it's uh it turns me off i don't know how. <laughs> i'm sorry i mean, I mean so I, this week i also watched citizen kane can you can you ruin citizen kane for everyone too citizen kane maybe <laughs> so I what don't you like about citizen kane it's in black and white for one <laughs> 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 Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin that for you. I mean, I like Christine. It's okay. It's just I don't. I don't care for Stephen <laughs> now King. You, now you're apologizing. Don't. It's just like oh, I didn't mean dude. to upset you. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, want to get on with the show? Yeah. Uh, wait. One last one that I saw. This is the real one that I want to talk about because it's mm-hmm. it's so hilariously bad. Uh, I, I watched the first episode of the television show. Hello. Hello. Actually pronounced. Yeah, it's pronounced Halo. Halo. Oh, no. But I, I see it and I go, hello. Now this, the, yeah, it's a video game adaptation TV show of the video game. Hello. hello. And it's, it's, uh, it stars porn stash. From Orange is the New Black. And it's it's it is almost entirely the I guess the setup, the plot, whatever you want to say, for Mandalorian. Somebody said that Mandalorian thing is really working. We should do that too. So it's the Mandalorian, but with you know the the the, the master sergeant from Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. They have been trying to make a Halo show for hello. like decades. Hello. Say, say it right. Uh, Hello. Yeah, it. Uh, what was the? Uh, you, you're making me want to just play the, th- the song from Book of Mormon here, right? <laughs> it's a, it's on. Anyway, what was the one? Um, uh, Wing Commander. That was the movie with uh, what's his face from Scooby Doo, married to Buffy. Oh, yeah. Freddie Prince. That's Freddie Prince yeah, Jr. That when I see the commercials for Hello, uh, that's what it reminds me of. So, <laughs> and when you, you say Wing Commander, I think of the Electric Six Dance Commander. 
God. I'm done. I'm so Anyway, done. yeah, Halo is is dumb. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's everything that's wrong with entertainment these days. Uh, it's derivative. It's 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 you know ridiculous. Check it out. Okay. It's no Hamlet. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> no Christine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what you should go back and rewatch while I'm eh. thinking about it? Uh is the first season of Daredevil that is no longer on Netflix yeah. but is now on Disney Plus. That is like John Wick before there was John Wick. I'm astonished at how much I forgot. Uh yeah, I, the hallway I, scene. The hallway dude, scene. Yeah, in episode is 2. Always, yeah. Yeah. I'm always like if you if yeah, you, you gotta watch, stick it out for that moment. Yeah, but uh, Charlie Cox just gets the living shit beat out of him for the entire series, and he keeps getting up. And I'm like, this is like, did John the people that make John Wick just looked at this and went, that's this is it right here, Russian yeah. mob, indestructible assassin, we're, we've got it. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I mean, I I wonder now that you know this is all on Disney Plus, do you? Th- think they will bring back punisher and if they do will it be as x-rated and it's violent it's already up there I no thought. and no <laughs> it, at, at best what they'll do is they'll bring the character back in the movies somehow i yeah. guess okay like they did with with daredevil in well, uh yeah spider-man because i think john bernthal is just about the most perfect punisher choice well, i think we I need mean, to make more of these while he's still like you know like well moving. if they're doing uh charlie cox's daredevil i mean they're they've already brought him back uh, via Spider-Man, so anything is possible. Yeah. So and they brought Kingpin back in. Uh, oh yeah, in, in Hawkeye. Hawkeye. So yeah. So yeah. So anything is possible. I really hope they bring back Iron Fist, though. That's my only real thing that I'm fingers crossed for. Um, that's what everybody's really wanting. <laughs> I am yeah, Danny Rand. That's what it is. I am Danny. Just for Rand. like the first ten minutes, and then uh, Ten Rings beats the fuck out of him, and yeah. no more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to be Charlie Rand. Ah. Anyway, thanks for sharing, fellas. That was a good Danny. fresh shit. Yeah. Okay. Yay. <laughs> and remember, hello. Hello from the outside. Oh, I want my two dollars, you asshole. I want my two dollars. <laughs> if you is don't a movie know, that shouldn't have been made, but thank God it was. Yeah. If you, That's right. If you don't it just know should that not quote, exist. No, it really shouldn't. And yet it does. This is to me better off dead, the pinnacle 80s teen comedy. I just refute yeah. me at your own peril. I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. I would not say it's the pinnacle. I would say it's kind of like the 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 freakish devo child of the teen comedy. It's like I, yeah, teen it's, comedies became a big deal because of fast times again. And yeah. so they were all coming out, and that's the only reason this got picked up because it's too weird to live. It's yeah. well, it's a student film. It's a student film that is genius in its disregard for being commercial. Yeah, exactly. So I I stumbled across Better Off Dead. I rode my bike to the video store that was over by Starship Fantasy Arcade, right? And like they had printed out a, a Xerox page of, of something and taped it to the glass case like hey this is a movie and I'm like okay sure I'll rent that yeah. and and it was like my favorite movie for years Better Off Dead is 
incredible. And, you know, it was Savage Steve Holland's big movie, I guess, before he made a couple more and ended up doing Eek the Cat. Yeah. Um, John Cusack, this is where I really noticed John Cusack. Mm. He had been in The Sure Thing and some other stuff. Um, Weird Science around the same time. This was shot uh, before uh, The Sure Thing, but came out after. And they they didn't want to cast him, but then Sure Thing came out and was a big hit, and they were like, oh, 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 put this in theaters right away. Yeah, Savage Steve Holland had to fight the studio to cast him because they had seen him in like what 16 candles as the the dork and they're like he can't carry a movie he's not a leading man and they're like he's doing sure thing you don't know what you're gonna get because henry winkler apparently was a producer on the sure thing and he's the one that uh got better off dead made which i had no idea until i read that on the googles this week really yeah he he produced the sure thing and that's how he knew uh, Cusack, and he pushed it, but he had seen Savage Steve Holland's like short film uh, at yeah. some point and loved it, Which and was... so he just met the guy and said, uh, "I like your stuff. I'm going to set you up with an office. Write me a movie. Do your thing." That's kind of how that. Rolled. What's funny is his short film was like this dramatic, sort of very heartfelt, you know, piece. Uh, uh, and and, and uh, uh, Henry Winkler saw it and said, I saw your short film. It was hilarious. <laughs> and and so yeah. Steve Holland's like, oh, uh, yeah, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Which makes you wonder, because Better Off Dead is based on a lot of his own life experience as yeah. well. But it's basically about in a kid. In high school, who his girlfriend <laughs> broke up with him for the captain of the ski team. And then he tries to kill himself, but then has second yeah. thoughts and la la la. No, the ski team thing really happened to him, though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently his mom also gave them frozen dinners for Christmas one year. I mean, that's a true anecdotal <laughs> thing. Well, that's just because everybody was giving each other frozen dinners because they couldn't cook. Yeah. Like the mom couldn't. So one of the running gags is just how bad the mom's cooking is. Yeah. I am not getting upset over what is that. It's bacon. I know it's bacon, honey. What have you done to it? You said you didn't like all the grease from fried bacon, so I boiled it. This song, I'm sorry, this movie is like chock-a-block full of quotable lines. Oh, yeah. It's, yes. Everyone knows I want my $2, but there are like, everybody's got a different favorite, I think. Uh, yeah, so so the whole, the whole rom-com bit really comes in. So, yeah, he gets dumped by the girl who dumps him for Roy Stalin, uh, the <laughs> captain Stalin. of the ski, ski team. <laughs> And, I love name. that name, yeah. Um, and you know, and he's a loser, and his best buddy is Booger from you know Revenge of the Nerds, um, whatever that guy's name is, Curtis Armstrong. Um, Get it right, Curtis Armstrong. Thank you. Uh, but but yeah, across the street, uh, there is a French foreign exchange student, uh, played by Diane Franklin, one of the princesses uh, who, from Bill and Ted's. Yeah. Yeah, and from the last American Virgin. Yeah, yeah. And when um, you forgot that the girl at Dump Lane is Amanda Weiss, who was the girl yeah. that gets killed in uh, Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's really the the romance kicked up between John Cusack's character Lane and Monique, the Diane Lane character, who is pretending she doesn't speak English so that she doesn't have to talk much to the family she's staying with. As a Are you enjoying team. your stay in our town? She doesn't speak English, Dad. Of course she does. 
Are you enjoying your stay? It's no good, Al. She don't speak a word. Wait a minute. I thought these foreign exchange students had to speak some amount of English to come over here. Well, as we're discovering around our household, you don't need words to speak the uh, international language. Right, Ricky? <laughs> the international language. <laughs> you know. Love! The international language of love! <laughs> so she's a French girl. That's like, that's a... Like, it shouldn't work. Like, how, how Revenge of the Nerds does not work at all on any level now because it's just terrible and it's rape politics, etc. This movie sort of skirts that edge, Better Off Dead, because the whole subplot there is that that woman basically brought a French exchange student over so she could be a sex slave to her pervy little weirdo son. And it somehow, you mm-hmm. look at it that you, you, don't, you don't see that, you just go, aww. I mean, it's such a weirdly fine well, line. Well, because he doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. He doesn't actually rape her, right? And, so it's okay. And also, it's like everything is so bizarre in this movie that right. you almost can't look at that as really happening. It's, it's yeah. like, it's so off the wall kooky. Well, I love... Yeah, so that's the big thing, right? Lane, Lane is constantly just lost in his own head and he's doodling in his notebook, which I'm sure is a Savage Steve Holland thing because it's... it's Steve Holland's cartoons come into life. Yeah. And so just, yeah, everything is hyper surreal and, and takes crazy turns and, you know, takes on the format of various movie genres, depending on what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all kind of his imagination. It's very much like a, like an SNL movie before there were SNL movies. Cause it's just this pastiche of like joke mm. setup, joke setup, joke setup, uh, loosely centered on some sort of plot which barely exists and so every time i watch it i sort of forget that it's just like a series of looney tunes strapped together uh but the first like 10 or 15 minutes are almost perfect to me in setting tone because it just throws all of this absurdist Mm -hmm. almost dada-esque humor at you that you have to piece together in your head because it doesn't telegraph pretty much any of it and that and it's like a litmus test like that first 10 minutes like you're either on board with this movie and you're gonna write it all the way to the end or you're gonna be like fuck this noise this is bullshit and you're turning it off and i think if you stick through that first 10 or 15 you are rewarded consistently for that 90 minutes and it's just astonishing that it works even today uh given some of the questionable stuff it traffics in, but it's so much fun. <laughs> so much like Charles DeMar, the Curtis Armstrong character is just there to, to be comic relief. And he's so out there. Like he's just, he tries to do drugs all the time in a town that doesn't have drugs. And so he's like snorting actual snow. And do you and know like the that. street value of this mountain? <laughs> oh, but and he even he even calls out how completely inappropriate he is as an actor. Like, I've been at this high school for nine years. I'm no dummy. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think my favorite Charles Demar moment though is when they're at the school dance and Roy Stalin comes up with Beth to give them both <laughs> both shit and the uh, and it says Lane sitting there with Charles and Roy just turns to Charles. He's like, "You should shave your date." Uh, I can't remember what the fucking line was now, but it basically was like, yeah, you need to make sure you shave her before you kiss yeah. her goodnight. And so he starts laughing and continues to laugh and gets even yeah. more hysterical and makes Roy Stalin so uncomfortable. And I love that. And so that, you know, 
<laughs> we, we, we all saw that when we were like, what, like 15-ish. And that was a yeah, very yeah. solid moment. That, that to me was like, that is, that's how you handle an asshole in high school that tries to fuck with you. Is you just make them as uncomfortable as humanly possible. And that stuck with me <laughs> the rest of my life. I love that scene so much. Uh, but uh, so one of the things that I'll, I'll touch on here that really got me with this film is it has a way better soundtrack than its budget should allow. Um, the The soundtrack was produced and written by Rupert Hine, who was the producer for, at, during this time, was producing all of the the Fix and Howard Jones Re- material. Oh, that's why Howard Jones shows up. Yeah, that's why Howard Jones shows up. That's why Terry Nunn from Berlin shows up. But that's also why basically the Fix did the soundtrack. I did not know <laughs> and that. And it kills. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and well, I lo- it's it's so good. I like that uh, E.G. Daly shows up at the the dance to be the live act, singing the Battle yeah. of Dead song, and I'm like, so it's just all these like weird tentacles coming in from all the other uh, teen movies up to that time, because she was in Valley Girl, and so it's like almost this weird carryover. Yeah. So it's almost like Holland knows how to set the scene and get you immediately in it without giving you anything other than just this peripheral like setup so it's like oh that's the girl from valley girl blah, blah, blah. <laughs> let's talk about eg daily's introduction for a second here because yeah. it it's it's a it's a smash edit from a totally different running gag which is uh <laughs> lane has this little brother badger and badger is this precocious little shit and like so uh you know one of the things he does is he cuts all the the coupons off of the cereal boxes before the cereals yeah you know, gone, and so everybody's spilling shit all over the kitchen. What but he's he's reading this book uh, called How to Pick Up Trashy Women <laughs> that he ordered in the mail, yeah. and he's, like, reading it, and his eyes are bugging out, and his grins on his face. Cut to, you know, E.G. Daly bending over and thrusting her boobs toward the camera yeah. while she's singing the Better Off Dead song. <laughs> In a micro dress. I love that. Yeah, but, I love yeah. Badger just as a, a stock character because he takes the trope of the precocious younger sibling and just cranks it to 15 because the kid's like building a space shuttle in the garage, picking up trashy women. He's like got a, a laser <laughs> gun that actually works, but he's always clipping shit out. And that's one of my favorite gags from the whole thing is in the beginning when the dad's trying to have a box of cereal. And he, everything he pulls out of the cabinet mm-hmm. has the cup has the cutout in the back, and the shit's just spilling all over the place. David <laughs> David Ogden Styers is the dad who yeah. is Charles from Mash, and yeah. I what I love <laughs> about him more than anything in this movie is he is the voice of reason. That it's like this this whole movie is insane, and the the yes. the characters that we side with are insane. The villains are insane. The settings, the, the everything is insane. And David Ogden Styers is just this dude who works in an office who wonders yeah. why he can't just, you know, have some Live bacon. At home. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my god, everything bad happens to him. He and nothing makes sense. It's like he's the guy who 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 must be insane because he's the only one that doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Well, like, I yeah. I... I love watching him lose his shit every time he's But it's on always like that, that. It's like the quiet rage, though. That's what's so funny. Yeah. Like the way he portrays yeah. the dad, it's just sort of like everything's contained because he knows that if he actually does what he wants to do, that he'll be a total, like, monster. So I love, like, when he's got the, yeah. the, the cereal boxes and all the shit's falling on the floor, and that, that line read is just, what in the name of all that is holy... And you can just tell that he's just like losing his shit, but he's trying not to. It's just so right. so fun. Oh yeah, and then and there's a scene later on where he's trying to confront Lane, and he has been reading this book, "How to Talk to Your Teenager," <laughs> so but true. the book is from the seventies. So and so he's like using all the wrong slang and referencing disco yeah. and like peeking at the book <laughs> while he's talking to Lane. Mellow off. Man, it's a brand new year. I understand there's a New Year's Eve dance at your school. You kids love this disco thing. Disco? Come on, Dad. You are really bringing me over, man. Six o'clock. Right off. On. I love, though, that he took the time to set Lane up with his partner's, his law partner's daughter. To get him out of the funk. <laughs> and there's that whole like just random scene where he goes to pick the girl up and she's like, let's just cut to the chase. It's like, we'd have gone yeah. out. I'd ordered double dessert. And she like adds the whole thing up. And she's like, let's just say you write me. Give me the cash. <laughs> give me thir- $13 yeah. and we'll call it a day. Uh, really unexpected. Uh, uh, but the, That's the, the thing. I remember seeing that and thinking, if I ever was on a date with someone like that, they would steal my heart. That is exactly what I yeah, want to hear. Exactly. This is all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're right it is so but we get but- so I'm, I'm i'm standing in line to get popcorn at the batman and there's these gen z kids in line behind me and they're going off about how they saw this 80s movie better off dead no. and it just wasn't funny Are and they kidding? didn't think that the girl was pretty and i'm just like and then Who and they're like coughing you? on me and i'm just like i hate you go away <laughs> what are yeah. the chances though I think yeah. that's true. What are the chances? Well, I that's a great. I mean, look, if you're listening to this show and you have not seen Better Off Dead, go, go see, see it. it. I don't know where it's streaming. It's, Figure it out. Google that it's shit. Aaron. Rent it if you need to for a couple bucks. It's totally worth your time. Yeah. Sidebar. It's hilarious. It stands the test of time. It is not available it, anywhere for streaming right now. I was so irritated. But luckily, I, I'm sure I, you can pay to watch it. No, you can't. Somewhere, it's I look on Amazon. I look something. It, like, there's something with the if rights. Go, if you go to Target and you look in their DVDs and you look yeah. for the John Cusack collection, yeah. you have a pretty even odds of finding it in like a, a DVD with the Sure Thing and one yeah. of his other bad '80s movies. Yeah. but it's worth it's seeing if you can track it down. Well, here's the thing. Now that you bring up Cusack, because that's the other thing that I'm kind of uh, intrigued by with Better Off Dead is that if you did not have Better Off Dead and Lane Meyer, you would not have Say Anything. You would not have Gross Point Blank. You would not yep. have yep. Hot Tub Time Machine. It's like he, uh, apocryphal story, apparently he disavowed 
better off dead when it came out because he, he, yeah. he fucking hated it. Walked out of the premiere after 20 yeah. minutes, told Steve Holland, I can't believe you did this to me. Yeah. I'll never trust you again. <laughs> Which And he had already shot the next movie with Holland. Yeah, one crazy so. summer. And so he walked that back years later and said, well, I just didn't understand it. So I'm glad it does well. I don't blah, blah, blah. But it's so weird that this movie is sort of like the the proto form of john cusack in those movies it's like that's his whole shtick and he somehow yeah. didn't he walked it back disingenuously yeah. he still hates it he just <laughs> understands the significant chunk of his fan base loves it and he better not Which is shit all so over it weird but okay i get it but the the whole thing is it's tied to say anything to me it's sort of like him lane meyer from better off dead and lloyd dobler from say anything are sort of like the yin yang twins because one is like Lloyd is just so perennially uh, optimistic and eager, whereas Lane is like totally the opposite. He's like, yeah, fuck, everything sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. But it's the same yeah. guy. It's just different days. And so <laughs> when you when you watch those two back to back, it's astonishing that Cusack got a career out of that because nobody remembers better off dead except the diehards. But everybody knows the say anything shit. And so it's yeah. like... Yeah. You know what? If you're listening to this podcast and you have seen Better Off Dead, go watch it again. It's still funny. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to activate your dental plan. That's probably my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> when, he when he runs into the, uh, the guy that plays Porky in the Porky's movies. Uh, yeah. Doing the, the road race with the, the Chinese guys that learned English by watching Why World of Sports. I mean, it's just, again, really borderline, like, semi-racist, but it's somehow endearing in this. I don't really know how to explain it. Oh, but uh, so many lines, so many lines. God, what was it the, has all the problems of an 80s movie, yes. but it does, it pulls its punches, like, it never goes for the raunch, yeah. right? It never goes for the kill. It's, it's, it's always just a little bit nicer to its characters, and then it's just so surreal yeah. and... and and silly you you can't take any of that seriously <laughs> yeah well i think that's where it sort of distinguishes itself from other movies of its kind in that era is that it's just like a living tex avery movie like it's it's a living yeah. cartoon and that like none of the like even john hughes wasn't really doing that at all like real genius is the only one that comes remotely close but even that's not close you know what i mean so it's it's of its own kind, and I think that's why it's consigned to that cult bin, because it didn't do any money at the theater. Like it was saved solely on video. Like you said, Brian, you went to the, the yeah. video store and found it, and that's how it gained its second life. So I applaud. I gotta love any movie though where the joke is suicide, because right. Don't forget, a main part of the movie is him trying to kill himself and doing it badly. You could not make that movie today. It would be such a mm. tearjerker. Please yeah. don't kill yourself. Wah, wah, wah. No, no. He wants to kill himself, and he's, he's, he's inept at that, too. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the <laughs> elephant in the room, then, because it's Better Off Dead had such a profound influence on all of us as teenagers that when we were 18, Eric and I were so bored. Uh, I think you were at work, Brian, yes. that we shot an entire short film called Teenage Suicide, Don't yes. Do It, which was a basically Eric as a guy with no <laughs> no motivation whatsoever. He just was a guy that just was trying to kill himself. He was bored. But, and, and failing miserably at every attempt. <laughs> 
He threw the stuffed Eric off of the balcony. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like a three-story. Yeah, I remember. And I think it's... Or just, hanging myself yeah. and going, it's not working. Yeah. It's not working. That's my favorite, favorite I'm not shot that, for yeah. the whole thing. Is yeah. Eric is pulling this phone cord very tight around yeah. his neck. working. But the fact that we did that in an afternoon for no money, uh, and it even accomplished half of what it was setting out to do, is still astonishing to me. But my favorite anecdote about that is we showed it to eric's mother and by the oh, time i got yeah. to the hanging part it's not right he's like this is sick this is sick yeah <laughs> she did not this like is it sick. this is not funny this is what so, you do this is what you do yeah so so thank yes. you better off dead for giving us a taste of the the darker side of humor because it's uh, maybe yeah. one of the few magnificently huge productions that actually was finished. Yes, in yeah, any yeah. way, shape, or form. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you know about that? But uh, uh, but better off dead itself. It's just I don't know. It's eminently quotable, like Eric said. Uh, yeah. It's just oh God, there's tw- twenty lines. So, like so like many. let's see. I want my two dollars and to drink Peru. Uh, yeah, to this oh, day, yeah. my no, yeah. dental plan. Yeah, to this day, my wife and I still like go, uh, French dressing, French fries, and now, Peru. In honor of our special <laughs> guest, I've created dinner mondu. First, we have French fries and French dressing and French bread and to drink, ta-da, Peru. <laughs> to this day, so you know we were on that '80s cruise, right? And um, you know they have they have various theme nights and adjustment customs. Eric dressed up as the killer from American Psycho nice. on the cruise, by the way. Nice. But um, Patrick Bateman, uh, yeah, yeah. I I still uh, I want so badly for my wife and I to get. The Christmas outfits that the parents have, yes. the Ard the Aardvark yes. and the the reindeer outfit. And I would totally wear those on Pop Icon yeah. night on the cruise here's, if I could find that. Well shit. here's if, if this is mostly for people that have seen the movie, but what's what elevates the humor in this movie is that Savage Steve Holland knows how to A set up the joke, B pay off the joke, but then C he always figures out a way to subvert it. And make it funny on the back end. So with the Anteater Aardvark costume that David Ogden Styers as the dad wears, he's obviously like, what the fuck is this? This and that. And so Yeah. Oh, everyone's gonna be yeah. wearing one of these. And so when they go sure. when they go outside yeah. uh and they like have the whole shenanigans and then at the very end of the inter- of the exchange, like the neighbor pokes his head around from outside from around the bush and he's wearing the same anteater costume. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like wait a second. Like, wait. But that pa- that pays off the joke from the mom, which just makes me laugh yeah. every mm-hmm. time I see it. Don't expect he- great story. It's simple, it's it's paper thin, it's just really good jokes, and uh yeah, for that alone, worth watching. Yeah. And the cast is just chef's kiss. Like the fact that he cast uh, Kim Darby from True Grit as the mom. It's just, that's always so strange to me when I'm watching it. Because I'm like, who is this? Who is? And they're like, oh, that's the girl from True Grit with John Wayne. I'm like, that's crazy. So it just sort of sets the whole thing. She's so good, too. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but but then the fact that uh that uh Dan Schneider is Ricky who would go on to have like that Nickelodeon empire that's baffling to me as well. So there's so many people in really? this that just yeah, he he created iCarly. He worked with like Keenan and Kel. That's really? why he's that's why he's in Good Burger as the manager of the burger joint. I mean, it's just so oh. strange. So yeah. The fat kid from Head of the Class. Yeah, yeah. He he was like the biggest wow. deal at Nickelodeon forever until uh there were some harassment allegations or something. So it's like, which yeah, all comes back to something. Ricky. Always he comes was, back to Ricky. He was putting his, his tentacles, uh, testicles all over somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Instead, no, he uses no, no, no. a chance to put um, his testicles all over me. Uh, his what? Uh, how you say, uh, octopus, uh, testicles. <laughs> tentacles. N-T. Tentacles. Uh, tentacles. There's a big difference. So, just very funny. I'm just sad that Roy Stalin didn't go anywhere after this. Because he, he's oh, true. Yeah, that actor, that's a great story I heard researching this. That actor, when he showed up for his audition, looked at Savage Steve Holland and said, who's the fat kid? And nice. that's, that's how he got the job, just by being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh. Well, I like how shades of that show up in Hot Tub Time Machine, where you've got uh, Bucky as the, the ski slope instructor guy. And it's totally Roy Stalin all the way down the line. So it's yeah. just it's just funny how it just pops up in all kinds of stuff. Very subtly influential. Better off dead. Kind of nuts. I'm sad that Steve Holland's career didn't really take off from there. I think his other movies were just a little too weird as well. And nobody was down Yeah, for how it. he got into college and, and One Crazy Summer. But he did, I mean, he did eat the, eek the cat and he had a bunch of animation yeah. success. So we've kind of uh, touched so, on, you know, you know. we've kind of touched on like, like the various, okay. He could have gone one of two routes. He could have, you know, like wised up and decided he wanted the cash and become uh, uh, John Hughes. Or right. he could have, you know, like done the studio dance for a while, get found out that he didn't really mean it. And then become John Carpenter. Yeah. You know, because John well, Carpenter tried to play nice for a long time and finally said, well, this isn't working. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do that route, then you wind up like, uh, say, Michael Lehman, who did Heathers, who did a couple of weirdo, like, not very good uh, comedies and then took off mm -hmm. with stuff like Truth About Cats and Dogs and things like that. So he totally, like, went around the edge and came back to the, the studio thing but his movies aren't aren't that interesting for the most part except for yeah. others so it's That's just think savage know. steve holland had that point of view always yeah and so it's like how is he going to hammer that into you know making um you know the next uh bridget jones diary movie i yeah. mean it's not going to happen this makes me want to go back and watch One Crazy Summer again now. I haven't seen that one in forever. We need to watch One Crazy Summer again, because yeah. that movie is, is underrated. Uh, it, it's, it is. It may be the prototypical, like, the generic 80s movie, like, in, in a lot of ways. It's, it's yeah, it's worth your time. Well, yeah, because it's... Hey, guys. Yeah. Agreed. We're, we're, speaking of time, we're kind of used plenty of it, you and stop it's listening. good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> you're not here anymore. Was, you're no longer... You're, you've moved on to uh, yeah the, the New York Times uh, podcast, but uh, yeah, yeah, in your absence, you can still contact us if you somehow hear this from a friend. Tell them how, Eric. Uh, at Magnificently Huge 
uh, 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 on the Facebooks. We're MagHuge on Twitter. We're at MagnificentlyHuge.com. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, Presumably. which is the place you got this. Presumably. All right. Oh, we're Allegedly. also on Instagram for some reason, but this is an audio format. And my hope is that pretty soon we're going to be doing videos on YouTube. I just need to figure out a way to do that that is like not going right. to get us bounced An- for clips. Another platform where people aren't going to be doing our, our thing. Great. Yes. Because I keep seeing hey, like guys. like videos that of people who do shit we're doing on here, but they get a lot of views and we get dick, so we got to be on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, just, uh, just just real quick, I want to. I've heard a few things, and I want to know: Is it all right if I take out Beth? <laughs> Shut up. Well done. <laughs> oh, well done. I tip my hat. Indeed. To you. Brian won the internet this week. <laughs>